Hello, I'm Katie Litchfield, the founder of Weekwell, and you are listening to CEOs Uncut on the Weekwell Unfiltered podcast, proudly supported by the Wall Street Journal's Barron's Group. Five years ago, I set up Weekwell with the mission to achieve 50-50 gender equality at the top of the world's largest companies. Joining us on CEOs Uncut today is a good friend of Weekwell, Zoran Bogdanovic, Chief Executive Officer of Coca-Cola HBC. Zoran has been a longtime supporter of Weekwell and our mission. He's been an executive interviewer of our finalists for the awards right from the start, helping us to identify and shine a light on talented women business leaders across the globe. For those who don't know, as well as being the official bottling company in 29 markets for the Coca-Cola company, Coca-Cola HBC, also known as Coca-Cola Hellenic, is much more than that. The consumer packaged goods company also works with a number of other brand owners to sell and distribute products like Monster and Campari. I think it's fair to say, Zoran, that you are Mr. Coca-Cola HBC. You've worked your way up to the top jobs in a career that has included 26 years at the company, starting as a CFO in Croatia and working across a number of countries, including Greece, Switzerland, before ending up as the Chief Executive Officer in December 2017. Zoran, I'm pleased to welcome you to the Weekworld podcast. First, for our listeners, I wonder if you might explain the relationship between HBC and Coca-Cola and what you do for them and for your other customers. Thank you, Katie, and thank you for having me here. Um, as you as you might know, Coca-Cola is the largest franchise system in the world, and it operates that Coca-Cola that owns the brands has this kind of big uh, strategic partners uh, across the globe through which Coca-Cola company then uh, operates in a way that we uh, you know, procure all the materials, produce them, sell, distribute, and we work together uh, as one team in terms of how we do marketing, whether that's them uh, from above the line, we do all the customer uh, uh, below the line, as, as, as we traditionally say. So that's what we do for our key uh, foundational strategic partner Coca-Cola company, but also for other brand owners, uh, we are lucky to have uh, excellent products that we sell and distribute exclusively in the markets uh, where we have such agreements. Having spent more than 26 years at the company on your journey to the top, what advantages have you found from being so immersed in one company? Hmm. Yeah, just as a note, uh, I, I actually had the first two years uh, with Arthur Anderson, which was a phenomenal um, two years of fast learning. But then uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I joined the Coca-Cola uh, uh, Hellenic and being part of what we call Coca-Cola system. Uh, look, 26 years gives me, uh, I would say, advantage of getting to know the industry very well. Also, um, in-depth knowledge of the business uh, across several markets where I was, but by this time, really knowing in various uh, geographies that we have across Europe, uh, Eurasia, and Africa. So uh, on one side is the knowledge of the business, but on the other side, it's, uh, it's um, uh, such a rich depth of human relationships that I have developed over these 26 years across the whole globe 
needless to say, uh, knowing so many people in our organization out of 35,000 that we have in Coca-Cola Hellenic. Um, and um, and I, I love it. I, I simply love the business. I love the industry. I love fast pace. Uh, it's never boring. Uh, there is so much going on with all consumer, customer um, uh, preferences and uh, lifestyle changes to which we have to constantly adapt, uh, which is pushing us to evolve. And that's a beautiful thing. Continuous evolution, progress, development. I love that. We've found at Weekwell that having a mission or a purpose is an essential part of what makes a good leader. And women are often leading the way. Has this been your experience? Look, I, I, throughout my career, I've been working with men and women. Actually, when I started in finance in Croatia, 90% of the whole function uh, that I was leading uh, were women. And uh, I, I really think that also left uh, a mark on my leadership style and how I have been shaping myself as a leader. And I'm extremely grateful for that. So I always found that um, uh, women uh, have um, a, a, a vision and, and, and a drive um, that uh, is um, uh, so inspiring. Um, and, and especially, I, I think, daring even more multiple agendas in, in a personal life. Uh, I always admired how uh, I think uh, women always have more to juggle um, and uh, and persistence and resilience uh, to achieve the dreams in a, in a, in innovative ways, very often more efficient and effective ways, has been something that um, uh, always served as a good inspiration to raise the bar and uh, uh, and accept uh, and and uh, and. and leverage those beautiful dreams. Uh, and while we're talking about leadership, can I ask, what do you think makes a great leader? In, in short, I always, whenever we talk about leadership or talent and evaluation, there are two basic things. Uh, one is what, and the other one is how. Look, I think the leader has the responsibility that she or he has to provide um, uh, has to provide a sense of uh, direction. Be be able to uh, make choices, read the environment. Um, so what we focus on and where we um, deploy resources, uh, etc. But on the other side is how one does that. To cut the long story short, you can be the smartest in the world in your area. Uh, um, and but if you don't have how you achieve the results, how you work with people, how you treat them, uh, you would not be in this organization. And we had a number of examples where someone was super smart, and I really admire those people for uh, for you know intellect and um, what they want to achieve, but failing in how they do that uh, mm -hmm. simply is a deal breaker. Uh, so for me, what and how uh, is super important. And then having a personal curiosity on top of the, the one about the external world, but having personal curiosity co to constantly be honest with yourself, uh, where you are strong, where your weaknesses and areas for improvement are, have an honest mirror look to be able to really uh, you know, uh, constantly evolve from within. 
for me, uh, that kind of personal curiosity and courage to do that, deal with your imperfections, you know, nurturing your authentic self, which in the essence is the honesty with yourself. So I really find that that's something that um, uh, is, a, is a critical characteristic of a leader who aspires to be relevant for the changing times. Uh, and if you don't learn, if you don't grow, um, uh, not only through functional technical skills, but through your um, uh, leadership um, attributes and, and how you behave, how you evolve, I think if you stop doing that, you stop being relevant. Uh, and then you are, you will be left out. Uh, that's why seeing people that progress, um, uh, women and men, um, are those who constantly learn, who constantly evolve, who constantly adapt, uh, and who have courage to do that. And can I just ask, is that linked anyway with executive coaching as well, to actually have that look at yourself? Look, in some ways, executive coaching, and we use that a lot, uh, with a number of partners, yes, that's a very good way to unlock that, to show people how to do that. Um, and uh, I'm so lucky that I've seen so many examples where coaching has been such an um, in, in investment mm -hmm. intervention that has unlocked so much potential in people. But I wouldn't say that uh, unlocking that inner uh, potential and richness that people have in themselves will be unlocked only through coaching. Yes. I think sometimes, you know, a, bo a boss that really uh, genuinely cares about uh, her and his direct report uh, through conversations, uh, you know, many of leaders are skilled to have those conversations to help uh, uh, their own employees and team members. Uh, but in the end, yes, I think that uh, skillful coaches uh, can do a lot. Uh, and uh, that's why it's very important to find the right coach for the right person. It's not any coach for any person. That's why what's the brief, what's the mandate of what we want to achieve, chemistry connection between the two people of the coach and coachee, all that matters. So I think that also as much as coaching itself is important, but I would say that the pre-steps before that are also important so that conditions and right setup is created so that coaching can truly deliver uh, maximum. I've seen in the past that we make mistakes that we just you know, assign a coach to a person and off you go without proper thinking and planning for it. Uh, so you know, that helped us to evolve over time and hopefully do it better. Uh, what do you look for when hiring for your uh, global executive committee? Look, we are an organization of, um, um, where you know achieving results and high performance is uh, is important. So, I really I really look for people that uh, have a performance and results drive. That's that's one thing. But combining it with what I told you earlier, for me, is very important to see the values that a person has, what kind of value set, what kind of individuals and characters they are, not only as leaders but as husbands and wives and parents and uh you know how are they as human beings so I, I really want people with good heart on the team um um and i strongly believe that someone who is very strong in the performance drive absolutely can be combined uh, with a with goodness and with a good uh, and a good heart I, I don't think that that's exclusive um 
uh, for sure. Then also someone who will help us on the team to raise the bar, uh, to bring new ideas, uh, to challenge, um, speak up. Uh, if someone comes around the table, I, I don't expect people just to nod with their heads and say, yes, yes, I agree, wonderful idea. No, give me your thoughts, challenge me, give me arguments that this should not be the case or that this should be different. Uh, so I want people who dare to have a constructive input and contribution. And in that way, I believe that collectively we are we are smarter than... Uh, uh, than any any of us individually, and uh, um, yeah, so these are some of the key things. And, and last thing, I, let me just add also passion for people development. Um, I, I really I really look for people who genuinely love uh, spending time and and when that 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 they invest time to develop not only their own team members. I think that leaders. Um, in interaction with so many other cross-functional uh, team members, colleagues in the organization, the fact that they, when they impact also those that are not purely their direct responsibility, I give them even bigger credit for that. Um, so people development and, and really passion to see people progressing um, is also important characteristic that personally I look for. Now, as a man and a CEO, what advice would you give to other leaders to ensure that women are listened to and represented at the highest levels of leadership? Look, I think nothing happens without focus and attention and genuine care. Um, and evidently, what Weekwell does, what Katie and the team are doing, uh, uh, and, and, and several other organizations and all us as companies, we are working on now on something that evidently has not been where where it should be. So I think that uh, we should not underestimate that this does require time, this requires focus, this requires more deeper conversations and understanding of the root causes. So first of all, um, first of all is the time and attention um, to the topic so that also, others in the organization can pick up and see that we who are in the roles of the CEOs and our leadership teams, that because we are investing time, that communicates that it is important. It is something that's important, not because now it's a fancy thing to do, but it's important because this will make this company a better, a stronger, uh, more capable and more ready. Uh, for the future and, and that it's going to be done in a much more fair way. So I, I, I would say that we, ex we should exhibit our leadership here through investment of, um, of, of, of significant investment of time and focus uh, behind this topic and, uh, and, and really push the needle. And you mentioned about how important it is um, for your company, but on a broader scale, the worldwide push for 50-50 gender equality on at the executive committee level. How important do you think that is? In short, I, I really feel I really feel it's important. Let me just say that I based it on the fact that, as I told you, I've been leading a uh, function which was 90% female, and I wished that there was a better balance. Um, and I've been on teams that were exclusive male. 
I, I really felt, look, I, I just felt that diversity of views, it's not only about the diversity of, of gender, but it's all for the sake of having a more relevant team that enables uh, all of us as a team to have different angles, different perspectives um, uh, that only we uniquely can bring as you know, male or female. But for me, diversity, equity, and inclusion is much broader than just gender balance. But I would say it, 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 it has to start with gender balance. Uh, in our case, it also represents much more fair our consumer base, uh, which is, I don't know, approximately 50-50. And when you say that we are striving and have pushed for 50-50, I wouldn't necessarily get stuck that, you know, always it has to be pure 50-50. But that's more philosophy where we should be ballpark because sometimes it's going to be 60-40, sometimes it's going to be 40-60. This also should not be manipulated that we make choices in our decisions just for the sake of the gender. No one would feel good about this. We want meritocracy. We want you know, a, a stronger candidate and profile to be chosen. Uh, but what we need to do before that is to ensure where we used to uh, lag behind is that variety uh, of uh, potential candidates uh, has to be broader. And there are some things that we need to do as a homework in pre-steps that will then make decisions uh, easier. And when when there are options, I do see that this is helping to, to move us closer and closer. It doesn't go with quantum leap steps, but closer and closer, we are getting there. We talk about this with all our guests on the CEO Uncut podcast. So I really want to get your inside track on diversity within the workplace. I know that you've been working hard as a company and a CEO to ensure that Coca-Cola HBC is a great place to work for everyone. In fact, you made the Forbes world's best employees list for the first time last year. With a view to women in the workplace, what I want to ask is what is the main obstacle to ensuring gender equality is at the highest levels? And how are you meeting this challenge? I know you've mentioned some of the things already, but is there anything else that you want to add? It's the evolution of the mindset. Um... Uh, to start with. Um, yeah. Some years ago, we have it intentionally started uh, it working, I, I say intentionally or more deliberately on the growth mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, educating ourselves in the organization, what are the differences between growth mindset and fixed mindset? And there is a reason for it because you can clearly recognize when someone displays growth mindset versus someone being stuck and fixed mindset. So. For me, this goes also in the same thing, is how do you think of the future? How do you think how we organization really need to be? It's a matter of the mindset. If, if we try to do any initiative, project, uh, development program, but if the overarching uh, like umbrella mindset is not there, that everyone understands um, and is over time embracing it, then all those initiatives uh, as individual actions will be short tenured, I think suboptimal um, effect. So that's why, you know, how we talk about this, how we do various um, 
um, uh, leadership forums where this topic always has a prominent place. Um, uh, uh, talking about it in the right way, as I said earlier, that why this matters for this organization. Um, recognizing where are the hidden or let's say where, where are the visible, uh, but sometimes hidden biases. Mm -hmm. We also recognize them and, and initially when we heard this, well, you know, there are biases. Sometimes we tend to be a little bit dismissive. No, no, we don't have bias. But then when you learn more and hear examples, where are the biases that we are not even aware of them? You know, that has been one revealing thing uh, for us to, to have aha moments. Um, then also, um, uh, uh, two years ago, the team was proposing um, women in leadership, a dedicated development program, uh, which now runs for the second generation. And I'm so thrilled to see the impact of our uh, female colleagues that went through the program, where uh, so, many, uh, so many of us are part of the men men uh, mentoring, supporting. Um, so I, I see that this becomes like a snowball effect. Now, these are maybe some of the maybe softer elements, but even the harder uh, elements like policies, rules, making our workplace uh, practices more flexible to really accommodate um, uh, our female colleagues, uh, women, to, 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 to really be able to meet the competing needs and demands. And when I reflect back and see last two years that we had the number of examples where we have accommodated various um, working uh, patterns for a number of individuals and how that has helped that they actually didn't leave the organization, that they stayed, that, uh, I don't know, we, we went through different times per day or even uh, a, a number of period where they had a break and they come back. So we had a number of things that if you ask me honestly, four or five years ago, we didn't have in place. And we even thought like, no, we cannot do it. Um, but our mindset has evolved. I would say it has matured. Uh, it has matured. Um, and to recognize that actually there is no fear of, well, will we lose performance? Actually, I do see that it positively impacts it because it makes employees um, and colleagues more motivated, um, more loyal, uh, you know, more um, grateful. And, and, and there is a positive cycle uh, and spin to this that it all comes back in, you know, uh, in good and better way in general. Talking about looking after your staff, Coca-Cola HBC has or certainly had a significant number of staff in the Ukraine. How are you dealing with the war in Ukraine and what effect has it had personally and as a company? Yeah, this is the most uh, most most sad uh, thing that um, that myself and the whole team feel about that uh, something like this happening in 21st century is disaster. Um, first of all, the moment this has happened, we all stood so much with our employees in, in Ukraine, offering before any financial help, first of all, human help of receiving people in the homes uh, across a number of countries, most notably in Poland, in uh, Hungary, Romania, 
sending concrete uh, concrete support, uh, and then uh, giving our employees over there uh, not only the regular salary, uh, but also giving them more financial support so they can even more support family in the need. Uh, together with Coca-Cola Company and and, and other uh, partnering bottlers, I, I have to say, we created a, a sizable fund that went behind employees, families, but also communities where they are uh, rebuilding a kindergarten that was uh, ruined uh, and destroyed in the in the place where our factory is. Working a lot with Red Cross because they are the organization that truly gets into places which are difficult and where people are in the need. So we have a strategic partnership with them. And also, uh, again, giving another uh, 10 million at the end of last year, which was dedicated primarily for the families to help them rebuild houses, whatever any family uniquely has as a need. Um, so we continuously do that. We are all the time behind the team, needless to say that no one no one lost a job. They are all they are all there, and uh, and we restarted even production because customer needs us. I mean, there is a big part of Ukraine that wants to uh, and, and has to live, um, uh, um, and and we are supporting in every way possible. On a personal level, uh, that period of February and March last year, I, when it all started, I think not only for me, but I think it was the absolutely the hardest period in my whole professional career. Uh, I have not come across anything um, so challenging and, and, and profoundly sad as, uh, as that was. Talking about company culture, can I ask what does having a more diverse and inclusive culture bring to Coca-Cola HBC, do you think? Um, I think I'm. I, I think I mentioned already some of the elements that um, have. This ensures we have more diversity, uh, perspectives, views, um, even unique knowledge and skills. Everything that makes us as a stream, as a team, and I strongly believe in the power of the team, um, makes us uh, more capable, make us more relevant for the environment where we operate um uh make us um more forward looking uh with a more honest eyes and ears um and i i really feel that with um with such diversity and inclusiveness we are we are functioning better uh we feel better it's evident now i i, I would also emphasize here the word inclusiveness even if we, even if we today, let's say, have 50-50 uh, gender balance, so we could say, wow, we tick the box. But if there is no inclusiveness, if no one, uh, uh, sorry, if, if everyone is not included and is not participating in an honest way, then we didn't finish and we didn't achieve what we really want. So in my mind, this diversity uh, and gender balance goes hand in hand that it's honest in the way how everyone participates and how everyone is truly treated equally. No, no woman should be you know, sidelined or, or not allowed to speak, but equally, it, the same goes for men. So this is not that now as we talk more about women because 
we want to improve that uh, that balance but we should not also go to the other thing that now um, you know it has to over dominate uh, uh, in any of the uh, in any gender I, I truly believe that inclusiveness is the one that is is the moment of truth how we really operate how we behave uh, in the way that every single person no matter on gender or any other uh, characteristic uh, that everyone really feels fully involved, uh, fully respected, fully supported to uh, exploit and uh, and to demonstrate their potential uh, and to feel proud and good uh, in, in every day. We, we invest so much time together in this workplace, more than at home. So it's it's super important how we feel here which is kind of our second home. Um, and uh, having that diverse and inclusive environment, well, it's as good as it gets. Fantastic answer, Zoran. Looking back, which women have inspired you, Zoran, not just in your career, but in your life? And how have they inspired you? Look, I, I can't single out, let's say, one, one name, but... As I was growing up and we used to live with my grandparents and I, I really admired my grandfather for many things who was, who was leading um, workers at the railway station. Uh, but also my grandmother who was holding us as a, as a family and she was really the, you know, the, the reliable uh, uh, rock that really held the whole family and how she managed all of us. And her, her resilience, but always with smile and care, was incredible. Um, uh, and then, look, even through my education, um, uh, uh, there were both in primary school and high school and then in university, colleagues who became friends, who um, were always, you know, motivation and inspiration in the way how I admired, you know, where they were absolutely excelling and I always said, you know, I want to, uh, I want to be like them in in a number of areas. Uh, and now at work, I have I have so many colleagues that could highlight. Um, but let's say uh, Naya, who who is our chief operating officer, with whom I've been working now for 15 years continuously, um, uh, has been an inspiration uh of 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 uh, smartness of kindness of drive of um of passion of uh, such a care that very often i use as a as a mirror to myself um and and i pick up so many things that i say and recognize where i want to be better not only as a leader but just as a as a person as a human being um and I'm so grateful to, you know, throughout my life, in some shapes and forms, have uh, co-pilots uh, who are always with me um, and who are helping me also in, in, in my family, uh, my friends, and, and here at work. So I, I can't imagine a different way. As you know, Weekwell strives to find and help talented and ambitious women to reach the C-suite and a place on the executive committee. If you could give these women one piece of advice, especially from your experience as well with the Weekwell Awards, what would it be? Throughout a number of interviews that I've done um, as part of the Weekwell, and I'm very grateful for being part of it, um, 
I met so many exceptional uh, women leaders um, who 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 do astonishing things. And when I read their um, nomination forms to see what they have achieved and we in which kind of circumstances, very often I'm thinking like, wow, you know. Very often I, 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 I sit back and I think, I don't know if I would be able to do that. Um, so I, I really think that um, uh, what Wequel does and provides stage, but don't get, don't get me, you know, not in the wrong sense of the word, you know, I, I don't like stage for the sake of stage, but surfacing um, um, so many great women leaders that are doing fantastic things, achieving results um, in, a, in a good way. Uh, I often just realize how they need exactly that. They need a nudge. They need a support. They need a hand just to boost their self-confidence a little bit that uh, they truly have the same right and, and that they should aspire for equally same dreams like men. And that yes, that very next promotion uh, should likely be theirs. Um, uh, if, uh, I say likely because at the end of the day, always the best candidate has to win. But you have better statistics. But I would, I would be surprised if many of the women I talk to that they have not been promoted. Um, so in the essence, is just provide a positive tailwind. They don't need much support because they are who they are but they just need some tailwind and support and nudge and um, endorsement. Well, the good news is, is that uh, over 50% of the Weekwell alumni have now been promoted um, and also 20% now sit on executive committees. So Fantastic. absolutely. Um, and finally, Zaran, what would you want your legacy to be? In the role I am, and we are a business, uh, you know, organization that is in the market. So apart from the fact that I want that this organization is recognized well beyond my time as a sustainable, high-performing organization, but I really want that it's equally recognized by the way how we do that. Um, I really would feel bad if I, when, when the time comes that I'm not going to do this anymore, if I, if I see and look back that we have achieved great results, but in a way that I don't feel good um, in, in, in how this was done, whether that's on the uh, environmental piece or, or how we progress on net zero by 40, uh, but equally, uh, equally that I look back and I really see that as part of the good way of achieving strong results is also that this truly becomes a role model um, diverse, uh, equitable, and inclusive organization, um, and that I can see a number of uh, uh, women and men that I have personally impacted in some way or the other, and to look back how their careers and consequently their lives have been impacted, that will be my bigger, biggest satisfaction than remembering any PNL of any year. You have been listening to Weekwell Unfiltered Podcast. Weekwell works with the world's largest companies to help bring about gender equality, starting with 50-50 gender parity at executive committee level. You can learn more at weekwell.com. Weekwell Unfiltered 
is written and produced by Katie Litchfield and Sean Smith.